Well, it is Thursday, and we're back with the season finale of uh, season four of Days of the New. Yeah! Yeah, we did it. We did it, everybody. I am your host, Nick, joined by my co-host, Kevin. What's going on, bud? Man, nothing much. I am very excited that we are closing out what I would say is an amazing season. Just personally. I just watched a few of the episodes of the newest season of Always Sunny. Yeah. And I never want that to be us, man. Like, I, I, Dude, I checked out of that like three years ago. Yep. That's when it was still kind of good. It is rough watching a bunch of like 50-year-olds act like 20-year-olds with their million-dollar personal trainer muscles and plastic <laughs> surgery and shit. It's fucking weird. So we're going to carry this show out for a while. We're not quitting. We're just quitting for this season. And don't worry. We'll never be millionaires. It's never going to happen. That's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. I'm, I'm glad that we are ending this one with a great album. I know that, you know, there's albums we kind of like. There's albums that we absolutely hate. In my estimation, this is a great album. I don't know if I agree, but we'll, wow. we'll get into all that. All right. Yeah. But I mean, I'll explain. I'll, I'll plead my case. You plead your case. That's what we do on this show. Yeah. We're here to talk about Wisconsin Death Trip by Static X. And somehow it took us until season five. I mean, I think this is widely regarded as like a top 10 new metal record. Easy. So, you know, once we get through all of Kevin's mindless self-indulgences <laughs> and Spawn soundtrack and Orgy's second record episodes, then we can get to these ones that actually uh, resonate with more people than just Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, I, you know, you can go to any one of the many, 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 many new metal podcasts out there to get a good historical retrospective and breakdown of Follow the Leader. I've also learned that we we might be the only new metal podcast that doesn't take ourselves too seriously. Yeah. You know, I've tried to listen to some of the others and like it's, you know, hey, I'm glad you guys are doing what you're doing. But, uh, you know, make me laugh once in a while. That'd be cool. Yep. Well, they are way more popular than us, so obviously we're doing something wrong. <laughs> we are doing something very wrong. <laughs> well, when you consider that your average J6er is probably a pretty big corn fan, <laughs> uh, we're definitely alienating half of our audience at the very least. <laughs> well, with that said, hey, uh, to everybody who has been on this journey with us, and we hear from a lot of you, thank you. Thank you so much for hanging with us for four oh, seasons. It, the feedback that we do get is and the listeners that we have been able to interact with from Chicago to Thailand and Australia. Oh, by the way, big shout out to our Australian listener, Singular. Uh, if you don't know what we're talking about right now, go back and listen to Nick, what mosh pit was it? Oh, it was uh, the mosh pit where uh, Anders Kulsefni yes. was going to play in bars and grills around <laughs> Australia. So. Our uh, our singular Australian listener, yeah, Lee, Lee created an Instagram account just to message us to let us know about the bars and grills of Australia. I mean, it was just a really well written, like multiple paragraph note. It was super appreciated. I've read it like five <laughs> times. I love to hear it. So thank you, Lee. Uh, it was super cool. Lee also asked how he could get a copy of the intro. <laughs> oh, song, no, days of the new. So as my parting gift for you, sometime this week, that is a, that is a song from my old new metal band, Tarnish. And to my own embarrassment, um, I will be uploading that debut EP from that band to YouTube with album art that was sent over from Ryan, another one of our listeners, because he has a copy of that EP and I don't. So finally going to get it on YouTube. We'll let you know when it's there. It's not good. So I'm just putting that out there. 
But uh, for today, we're going to talk about Static X. You ready, Kevin? Hell yes, I am very ready for this. All right. So for all intents and purposes, Static X is Wayne's static. Mm -hmm. uh, that might sound harsh, but whoever else is in the band, it just matters much less, which is why the current Static X touring lineup is so bizarre. But we will get to that mm. later. Wayne Static was born Wayne Richard Wells on November 4th, 1965 in Muskegon, Michigan. He started playing guitar at seven years old and started his first band at 12, later playing in cover bands during his high school dances. After high school, Wayne moved to Chicago, uh, where he started the band Deep Blue Dream mm -hmm. in 1987 with Ken Jay on drums, Eric Harris on bass, and no, not the Eric Harris that committed mass murder at Columbine High School. But if it was, that would kind of make sense, too. And most famously... Billy Corgan on guitars. Mm. They went into the studio and they cut an LP for Criterion Records. Uh, Billy did not participate in the recording as the Smashing Pumpkins were picking up steam at the time. Mm -hmm. He mainly was just kind of another live guitarist. And I have heard that Jimmy Chamberlain, the drummer of the Smashing Pumpkins, also sat in sometimes with Deep Blue Dream, but I haven't been able to confirm that. Deep Blue Dream had a very like new agey or new wavy kind of sound. Uh, do you remember that Seinfeld episode with the uh, Urban Pirate shirts? Yes. A lot of Urban Pirate yeah. shirts in that band. Yeah, definitely puffy, puffy shirt band yeah. for sure. I, I like it. I, so do I. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to play a clip of their song Goals off of that EP and we'll, uh, we'll let it go for a minute. I know this is super like hyper local, but for our Chicago listeners, there's no way these guys did not play at Neo all the time. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they sounded like a bunch of dudes that listened to the cure and you two a lot. Yeah. This is what came yeah, out. Yeah. The cult. Maybe yeah, a for cult sure. Thrown in there. Yeah. 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 But now appearing at your local goth nightclub. Sadly, like that's as far as Deep Blue Dream would go. Billy left to focus on the Smashing Pumpkins mm -hmm. and Wayne and drummer Ken Jay moved to California, where they shifted gears and started a new band called Drill with guitar player Emerson Swinford, mm -hmm. uh, along with bass player Tony Campos. Um, Swinford left the band to focus on touring and session work and was later replaced by guitar player Koichi Fukuda. Uh, this seemed to have worked out, though, because Emerson Swinford currently plays in Rod Stewart's band, <laughs> and uh, he's like the musical director for Adina Menzel and has been on like a million records. So like that dude's hugely successful. Campos and uh, Fakuda would stick, though, in the original lineup of the band that was renamed as Static. But after realizing there were multiple other bands called Static, they renamed the band Static X. And from that day on, Wayne Wells would be known as Wayne Static, and he would start wearing his trademark haircut. Kevin, how would you describe Wayne's hair? Uh, like he stuck his dick in a light socket. He looked like that guy from the Slim Jim yes! commercials. Yes! In, like the 2000s. He basically had long hair that he like 
hung his head upside down, and then hairsprayed it so it would stand straight up on end uh, about a foot and a half in height. So I'm guessing Wayne Static didn't drive a lot of automobiles. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of drop tops in that uh, in the Static yeah, family. Yeah, yeah. T-tops. Did, uh, did you look into how he does this? Uh, no, not, not particularly. I'll just cut to the chase. It's just hairspray and a blow dryer. That's it. Okay. But in yeah. my research, the first thing that came up was like, Wayne Static hair tutorial. I got uh, some fucking grifter with Lockhart's Authentic Apothecary who did a tutorial. So if you're looking to do the Lockhart's way, according to them, you're going to need three pumps of their Enigma volumizing cream, and that's $26 a bottle. Then you're going to want to apply generous amounts of anti-gravity matte paste. Uh, That's $39 for an eight ounce tin. And then to lock it all into place, you're going to need their signature matte clay, also at $39 a tin. Or swing on down to your family dollar and pick up some White Rain Extra Hold for a buck seventy-nine. <laughs> get the authentic <laughs> Wayne Static hair and simultaneously help create a food desert in your town. <laughs> yeah. He also we were, uh, paired that haircut with a uh, augmented Abraham Lincoln beard. <laughs> When you have a beard but no mustache, it's a, it's never a good look, fellas. So if you're doing that, fucking stop. <laughs> anyway, in 1998, uh, Static X signed with Warner Brothers, and Wisconsin Death Trip was released on March 23rd, 1999. Uh, the album was produced by Ulrich Wild, mm-hmm. who has engineered or produced a number of notable albums, including Dirt by Allison Chains, Snoop Dogg's Doggy Style, Deftones' Adrenaline, White Pony, and Around the Fur, Bleeding Throughs, This Is Love, This Is Murderous, and for all you Jesus Freak Furnace Fest listeners, uh, Nervosa by Showbread. Which is actually the only Showbread album that I like. Yeah, not me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I had no idea he did Doggy Style either. That's amazing. Yeah, I think he just engineered it. So, like, I can't remember the producer that Static X wanted and they couldn't afford, and uh, Ulrich Wilde was, like, this guy's assistant. Yeah, yeah. This guy's been on a million records. He started off as an engineer and then moved into production, which is pretty common. But uh, the guy's made a really nice career for himself, although it seemed to really kind of drop off in the uh, 2010s when people stopped calling him. And this is one of the bands where, like, new metal nepotism doesn't seem to have been a factor. It seems that they just did the grind, did, you know, kind of the label shuffle. Uh, They had Deep Blue Dream, that turned into Static, that turned into this, and then finally you get to Warner. Yeah, yeah, and it wasn't a manufactured band either. Mm -hmm, It wasn't like, they got to Warner and then Warner pieced the band together. Like, this was like an organic lineup. Yeah. Um, And yeah, I mean, Wayne Static certainly uh, did his time in the trenches, so seems to have gone about it all uh, the right way. Aside from the drugs, but... (laughs) Well, we'll we'll get to that. (laughs) Wisconsin Death Trip got to number 107 on the Billboard Top 200 and number one on the Heat Seekers chart. And 2001, it went platinum. Uh, the title of the album comes from a 1973 nonfiction book of the same name written by Michael Lessie that tells the tale of a bunch of crazy shit that happened around the town of Black River Falls, Wisconsin, between 1885 and 1900. And yeah, it's a wild-ass book with a bunch of photos of people that were killed in between those dates in that place. My God, that little factoid took me down such a dark path. Okay. I I just want to share this with you. There was an interview with the author as he kind of talked about Wisconsin Death Trip, and I just want to share this with you. And then you turn the page, and my God, there's another kid, really little kid, in another little coffin, 
who knows what, what, what killed the child. Diphtheria, smallpox, dysentery, typhoid, murder. And then two little girls in matched sets. They're two dead sisters, and they both have garlands around their necks, and they're dressed in what might have been their christening robes, for all I know. Uh, and then, then you turn the page, and there's the bed, a bed in the bedroom, maybe where the woman gave birth, maybe where the couple made love, and the woman was impregnated. And then, and then a woman crippled because she's sitting outside, but behind her, <laughs> it just goes on and on. Jesus, Kevin just showed me a YouTube video with just like eight dead babies in it. <laughs> Well, in all fairness, back in the day, because it took 15 minutes to get photographed, they mostly did that when you were dead, so you didn't move. And that was the way that you got photographed. You never got photographed <laughs> while you were actually taking in breath. Or sometimes right, right. they would like just put like the dead dad with his eyes propped open around the rest of the family, and everybody had to be perfectly still for 15 minutes. Yeah, with like... Oh, there was a flower garland around her neck. Yeah, that's because she's been dead for a week, and it's so she doesn't stink so much. <laughs> this was back when, like, the leading cause of death was getting your overall strap caught in the tooth sprocket of <laughs> Widow Anderson's manure spreader. <laughs> I like how everybody just died of exposure. Exposure! What the fuck is exposure? Being outside! Just walk out the door. It's You get your finger chewed up in a piece of farm equipment, and the... Local doctor barber just is forced to amputate. <laughs> he prescribes you mercury and cocaine. And leeches. <laughs> leeches. And you know, I mean, it's like nobody could read. The only book you have is a Bible, but you can't touch it. And like all the kids are just like, God, I can't wait till I turn 12 so I can get the fuck out of his house. <laughs> like this is the life they're living. It's a thing, man. So... Yeah, so anyway, this, the, the album's named after this, like, Victorian era fucking book of death. Wayne's sister, Lisa, had the book on her coffee table, and the band was staying at her place on tour, uh, and they liked the name. So they actually wanted to rename the band as Wisconsin Death Trip. Good name. Yeah, it is, but the label said it was too long, so it became the album title instead. Should we get into it? Let's go for it. The album starts with uh, the leadoff track and first single. Push it. If you're listening to the show, you know that song. And if you don't, here's the first 50 seconds. Yeah, so that's uh, that's that. It's fantastic. Like right at the gate, the first word is go. <laughs> There's so many goes on this record. In full transparency, never not once have I known what the fuck this guy is saying. Oh yeah, neither at all. Yeah, but knowing it now, I'm just as ambivalent because 
for the most part across this whole album, I kind of liken it just in the sense of like Jacob Bannon and Converge. Yes, there is lyricism, but sonically, the voice is more of like a percussive instrument than anything yeah, else. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and I think that's the best way to describe Static X because that's how the guitars are too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I read an interview with him once with Wayne Static and he just talked about how guitar solos are boring. There are no guitar solos None. in this record. This is just a, a two-finger drop D kind of recording. So Wayne Static famously played like flying V mm-hmm. pointy guitars and shit, but he used to play these like Marshall MG solid state amps. They were like the shittiest, cheapest half stack that you could get at Guitar Center under the preface that like, well, if it breaks, I can just get another one on tour. Right. It's not a lot of money. It's wild. Um, but in any other genre of music, those amps sound like trash. But for this, like heavily distorted percussive sound, it's used as a bludgeon rather than as a melody instrument. Right. It's wild for me that like so much of this record and this genre is just dudes screaming about their own drug problems <laughs> and not doing anything about it. Yeah. Like when Wayne is screaming the bridge of the song, he's going, I see it. Ooh. I need it. Ooh. He's talking about drugs. Yeah. Like most episodes of this, like I, I look for some sort of factoid on the lyrics and really across the whole album, the best that lyrics genius can provide me is, I don't know, drugs maybe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. that's it. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty rough. So anyway, uh, it was a big hit. They did the top heavy thing where they released three singles mm-hmm. on this album mm-hmm. and their tracks one, two, and three, which is why I never heard a single Static X song after <laughs> Blood for Days that retained in my head. So anyway, the second single uh, was I'm With Stupid. I mean, none of these songs were hits, really, but like I'm With Stupid was almost as popular as Push It. Yeah, and what's fascinating is that in our podcast, for those of you who've listened for a long time, you know that the first video you get is cobbled together live footage from festivals. And then mm-hmm. once you've kind of got a hit on your hands, then you get some money and you can do something a little bit more conceptual. And you go to the abandoned warehouse with garbage flying around. Right, exactly, exactly. This did not happen with Static X. Right out the gate, they're getting kind of that tool treatment of like this, you know, crazy animation or claymation even. And it, the money was put into this band. You want claymation now? You better make it yourself. <laughs> So anyway, uh, I'm with Stupid follows the same kind of um, formula, big staccato guitar parts. I think this album does take a lot from Rob Zombie and like the first system of a down record, mm. but Static X definitely developed their own sound. This ushered in the disco era of new metal. Yeah. Um, that was also big with acts like Power Man 5000 mm-hmm. and later Korn. I mean, like Korn's first single off of their third record, Got the Life, had it was absolutely a disco beat through the whole song. Yeah, and even Static X has referred to themselves as, what was it, Evil Disco? Evil Disco, yeah. yeah. I'm With Stupid features a repeating sample of a woman's voice saying, so I grabbed my shovel. <laughs> that was taken from the movie Sorority Babes in the Slimeball Bolarama, which is a late 80s sex comedy about some sorority pledges breaking into a bowling alley and stealing a trophy that has an evil puppet or some shit yeah. inside. Anyway, here's a clip. Small things can cause big trouble. I know where the Tri-Delta sororities having their initiation tonight. Yeah, Felta Delta. And we just might be able to watch. They say you've got to start at the bottom to get to the top. And they're right. Oh! They say you shouldn't stick your nose where it doesn't belong. (laughs) And they're right. Busted. They say where there's smoke, there's fire. And they're right. 
Babs. It's uh, it's your typical '80s uh, sex comedy where 30 year olds play 18 year olds, and uh, there's a lot of boobs in it. Yep, uh, I I would refer to this as you know I think the word is kind of skeevy, but it's a titty comedy. Oh, 100. percent Yeah, like Porky's came out, and then every low budget studio just started shoving out. Yeah, titty. Yeah, yeah titty comedies. <laughs> Moving along, the third single. Uh, and third song in this album is Bled for Days. Yeah, the only thing I could really find about this particular song is that it's probably not about <laughs> menstruation. Although that's what Genius.com <laughs> tried to tell me it was about. Um, but no, it's another song about drugs and how damaging they are for him and uh, completely useless. They're and, all like, about drugs. That's They're it. All, this whole song is extremely about drugs. There is something that comes through in this music to me that I kind of want to extrapolate on. It's something I've been thinking. Okay. So I want to play a little clip of Bled for Days. So that Yeah. You even hear it with push it. So that like kind of clanging in the background. Yeah. And you hear it throughout all of this. It's not overly done this is still your basic you know drums guitars bass band but there are a lot of triggers in here which are almost certainly from the wax tracks era of chicago oh, industrial definitely. right yeah absolutely yeah and wayne has even admitted this uh, in a 2007 interview with the illinois entertainer uh they wrote the cold bite of his guitar can be traced back to the transitional days of Chicago industrial when dance floors became war zones, bad writing, and dance music horrible. could mean Depeche Mode or revolting cocks, depending on the DJ. And in it, Static goes on to claim, I still look back to that sort of early industrial wax track sound for inspiration today. So for our listeners, I need to draw the fine line between what we think of industrial and what Wax Tracks Industrial was to Wayne oh, Static. Give, give it to him. Right. So when you think of industrial, you think of the downward spiral, the, the bzz, bzz, you know, the big screams, the KMFDM, the yeah, and gravity kills. Yeah, all that shit. Dabbing westward. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That was not what industrial was at that time. So... I want to play for you a Wax Tracks industrial band called A Split Second with their 1988 hit Mambo Witch. Amazing. I wish you could all see this. Kevin, please put this on the Instagram. Yeah, absolutely. So it's kind of, it's Morrissey meets the Blue Oyster meets Paula Abdul. I, it's, it's hard to explain. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. These are like Belgian nerds. Yeah, exactly. This is, and then uh, just as one last example, one of the premier industrial acts, which is still kind of lauded today, of that time was called Dai Warzu. At least I think I'm saying that right. The fucking industrial nerds can kill me in the comments. I don't care. <laughs> and this was their 1988 video for Welcome to America. This would have been around the same time that Deep Blue Dream was also operating in Chicago.
like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how about keep on going under. Just waiting to hear the vocals. the idea of kind of where Static X is approaching that idea of industrial. It's not the drills and the, you know, right. Yeah. The drug drills and drugs. That's basically what industrial. Right. Well, I mean, that was like skinny puppies introduction into the industrial world. Right. Exactly. Exactly. To look at it now, it's like, Oh, look, it's a new wave band. You know, or, well, for sure. Yeah, I'm sure this is very popular among the homosexuals. So, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I felt the need to correlate where Static X looked at their industrial sound and some of those triggers. And as you listen back to it, keep that in mind, because I feel like it's really threaded throughout this. So anyway, that's my brief aside. Uh, all right, cool. So that brings us to the next song, Love Dump, which is <laughs> one of the earliest songs the band wrote way back in 1996. Mm -hmm. And it has the weirdest fucking lyrics of any new metal song in the first verse. Yeah, this lyric is. I've always loved you, love dumpling. Your shit's like chocolate cake and your ass smells like a rose. Th those are the actual lyrics to the song. I found a quote in a 2019 interview. Uh, Ken Jay explained that Love Dump was a person. So, quote, Love Dump was a friend of ours that was a huge stoner. We we're sitting around one night, Wayne and I and this guy and a couple other friends. Wayne and I are having some beers and we're drunk. And this guy goes, man, what would happen if you guys wrote a ballad, but you screamed your balls off? We were like, that's dumb. Then Wayne goes... It's really not a bad idea. And so I came up with a drum part and that's how this stuff started. That said, I'm not hearing a ballad with screaming anyone's balls off in this song. It's a weird track. I don't think I like it. Yep. Nope. Sure don't. All right. So the next track is called I Am and it fucking has more fucking ridiculously weird lyrics. This song rhymes the phrase. He goes, butt nut. Yeah. Fist fuck. Ass suck. Dump truck. Over and over uh. and over again. <laughs> That's true. And while he's just keeps singing to keep grinding on it. Butt nut. Butt nut. <laughs> I did figure out one thing listening to this song. I know where Wayne Static's style of screaming comes from. Okay. If there's something that gets you excited, something that really gets you hot, makes you nasty, how about filling us in as to what the fuck it is? Kind of clothes you just put on a statement says, I'm having a good fucking time. It's kind of clothes you just put on and goes, Come on, come on! He wanted a party, fuck it, let's go! Sam Kinison, man, I can't unhear it. That's wild, dude. That's super funny. Yeah, I like as you listen to it, I can't unhear Wayne Static sounding like a screaming Sam Kinison. He does. Oh, man. <laughs> Both of them had. Shitty hair. Yeah, and short lives. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, yeah, speaking of short lives, the song ends with Wayne singing, put a gun in my mouth and threaten to shoot over and over again, which felt kind of fake to me in, like, Marilyn Manson. Yeah. Like, I'm going to try and be dark and edgy. And, uh, they're all guilty of that at the time. Yeah, definitely. If you were, you're on the heavier, darker side, for sure. You got to be heavy and dark. <laughs> there you go. The next song is called Ostigolation, mm -hmm. which isn't a word. It is and it isn't. All right, well, so he repeats isolation over and over again, and Otsego is a town in Minnesota, mm -hmm. so it's a song about being stuck in a small town. I don't know. It just sounds like every other song on this album to me. Wayne Static, and this a little background on this, Ostego, right? Ostego? Uh, yeah. All right, we'll go with that. 
uh, Wayne Static went to Western Michigan University, and like many college kids, he had a fake ID. And it listed him as this guy, Dean, with an Ostego address. So, oh, shit. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, in 2014, the Traverse City Record Eagle interviewed him about it. And he said, I just like the way it sounded. It was more of a rhythmic thing than the meaning of the word. I would write the lyrics very rhythmically, and Ostego just had a cool rhythm to it. So, Static X recorded no less than five songs with Ostego infused into the title. And uh, the band's little Vanity Record label. By the way, Vanity Record labels, look for it in season five. I've been researching. Nice. Uh, theirs is called Ostego Entertainment Group. So, they've got the song Ostego Undead, and the chorus is just Ostigo, Ostigo. <laughs> and then he's got Ostigo Placebo, Ostigo Amigo, Ostigo Eclectic, and Ostiglation. So it's, wow. yeah, it's just kind of like one of their little inside joke callbacks. Cool. The next song is called Stem. Mm. And this is the first track on this album that sounds a little bit different. It's like a slower, slinkier, sexier. I, I do not like this song. Like, this is the, it starts with like a Cinemax after dark intro. It's just, it's not for me. It's not for me. I don't know. I think I kind of like it. I think it has the first like interesting guitar playing for me on the whole album. Okay. Where it's not just. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, this whole album is about just being pummeled. It's supposed to. It yeah. Is. It's. It is, which. Speaking of that, the next song, Sweat of the Bud, does that exactly. It has a classic industrial drum machine introduction, mm -hmm. more machine gun guitars, and he says go nine times. A lot. It's rare to find a banger this late in the album. I'd like to play you a little bit of this, and I have to note the ad that it served up to me on YouTube before I actually got, I, I paused it because it's just too good. Okay. It served me up a big sweaty can of Bud Light. <laughs> it probably just got done having gay sex. <laughs> what the fuck? How weird is this? A lot of goes. It makes me laugh because, like, I just can't imagine Wayne and the guys sitting around and he's like, hang on, fellas, I got an idea for another song. So it's like, all right, so we're going to go like, like. <laughs> and they're like, fuck yeah. And like 10 minutes later, he's like, I got another one. <laughs> I mean, every song. It's the same fucking thing over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? I'm not backing down. Love this album. <laughs> let's keep it going. Uh, all right, well, let's let's do the next song, uh, Fix. The only lyrics to this song are tune in, chill out, drop dead, I need a fix. So we know what this song's about. Yeah, yeah. You know what's amazing too? Now, record labels are seen to be more compassionate. We care about the mental health and well being of our artists, blah, blah, blah. 
Warner back in the day is like, here's a cry for help. Here's 13 cries for help. And they're just like, let's put them on the road. 13 cries for help is an awesome new metal album. Title. Oh my God. <laughs> whoever out there does it. Just, uh, just give us a little, Hey, Tetrarch or whoever the fuck is making new metal. Yeah. Now. Just thank us in the liner notes. Royalties. It's a great song. Although it's feels a little uninspired given what we've heard already. So I just get to skip for me. Oh, for sure. Um, the next song for me is, wild um, it's the self-titled or the title track it's wisconsin Delft trip an unknown woman bought a ticket for fall creek at the depot in eau claire for an eight-year-old boy she put the child on the train with a label attached to his coat on which was written frank hartman the woman then vanished And no one claimed the boy at Fall Creek. It would seem that the boy has been abandoned. Wisconsin Death Trip, everyone. <laughs> what the fuck? I kind of has like the Ken Burns music behind it on every. Clip. I really cannot stop. Like it is just what a blighted hellhole the 1900s were. <laughs> oh Jesus! In Wisconsin in the snow. Oh. Anyway, anyway, I don't think this song has anything to do with that book or anything. It just seems like they stole the title and it means nothing. Yeah, exactly. But it's a gibberish song. Here's a lyric. What's wrong? Don't you sing dong, ding dong. Push it on the phony. Hook it up and ride away. I'm pretty sure he's singing about like shooting up drugs and then having sex, but I can't honestly tell. As far as I know, this is the only use of ding dong in a uh, new metal yeah. song. Don't you sing dong, ding dong. We are down to the last two tracks. Mm -hmm. So the next one is called The Trance is the Motion. This one is kind of a cool intro. Like, I don't know if I've said it earlier, but like this album's recorded pretty well. Oh, yeah. Guitars and bass sound pretty awesome. Um, the mix is really good. Mm -hmm. It's a snoozer for me. I don't know what the fuck he's singing about, but like I, I actually enjoy it. Like, I think it's kind of a fun song. But again, I don't know what it's about. Yeah, exactly. All right, bring it home. December. This song is different than anything else on the album, and that's because it's a holdover, holdover from their old band, Deep Blue Dream. Mm -hmm. It has almost four minutes of electronic instrumentation before the vocal ever kicks in, and I do like it. It's dreamy and ethereal and kind of a cool way to close the album. Man, out. you and I are at odds. It's six minutes of bullshit. Maybe it's, <laughs> maybe it's bad drugs. Who cares? Album's done. Kevin's like, when is he going to go? Da -da 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 <laughs> that's that's what I signed up for. Uh, I, I think I like Gothway and Static, and you like I don't I don't I don't fucking know. Anyway, the album had mixed reviews, which seems appropriate. Yeah. Push It made it into the video game Duke Nukem Land of the Babes, and was on the soundtrack for the film Idle Hands. Love Dump made it into the video game Brutal Legend ten years after its release, oh, wow. and Bled for Days was in the soundtrack for both Bride of Chucky and Universal Soldier: The Return. How many Universal Soldiers have they made? I don't know. I mean, one with Dolph Lundgren and Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah. That's all I care about. Uh, we might have to do like a Universal Soldier mosh pit. And just, <laughs> come on. You know they've made let's like see. eight of them. Well, let's see. Let's see what the soundtrack for this one. Universal Soldier. Universal Soldier The Return features songs from Degeneration, Jacked, Anthrax, Static X, The Flies, and Securitron by Fear Factory. Oh, wow. Yeah. They've made six Universal Soldier films. Oh, the Jesus return. Christ, why? The return is the the fourth in the series. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! When we uh, when we when we get tired of new metal and start our action movie podcast, it's uh, a bad yeah. idea.
You didn't know that's not bad. So Static X toured like crazy on this album. Mm -hmm. They reportedly played uh, 300 shows. Holy shit. This album came out. Yeah. So over the next year, Wayne began to feel the pressure for the follow-up album while his bandmates really just wanted to focus on the tour. Mm -hmm. So he wrote the whole next record by himself. Uh, which did not go over very well with his bandmates, and that led Fakuda to leave the band. So they did record the next album, Machine, as a three-piece. Mm -hmm. uh, it was released in 2001 and was certified gold. Trip Eisen joined the touring band for that record. Mm -hmm. um, Trip Eisen, most notably uh, from the band Dope, and uh, most notoriously for being a fucking attempted child molester. Oh, yeah. He um, did some time for that, didn't he? <laughs> he did. Yeah. So the band put out a third album, Shadow Zone, which featured Josh Freese on drums. Josh Freese, a.k.a. current drummer of the Foo Fighters. Former drummer of the Vandals. Yeah, yeah. Perfect Circle. Probably my favorite drummer yep. ever. Uh, Jay left the band due to Wayne Static's increasing drug use. Mm. So Josh Freese stepped in as a session guy. Um, they put out a rarities slash demo album called Beneath Between Beyond. And it was at about this time that Trip Eisen was arrested for two separate charges, one of statutory rape and two of luring from a vehicle. No, um, really? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if he had a cool van <laughs> or what, but he went to fucking jail. Sure um, did. So there's that. I think twice. Um, so Fakuda rejoined on guitars. It's funny too because like BC Rich put out a custom Trip Eisen guitar with like the Static X logo on the 12th fret. I googled them. They go for about 350 bucks. Do now. they really? I figured it'd be more. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean who wants to for the Chimo 5000? Yeah, in today's current climate of uh, everyone you don't like is a pedophile. <laughs> uh, no one wants the yeah, the the pedo 5000 for sure. In 2007, the band released the album Cannibal. Mm -hmm. In 2008, Wayne married adult film actress Tara Ray. Mm. Tara was maybe best known for her porno parody of The Office, The Orifice. No. <laughs> Not kidding. I've never been a big porno <laughs> parody guy. Uh, I just don't have the time. I need a, about 24 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a busy man, Kevin. Yeah, I don't want to see Dwight scrotum and uh... <laughs> Dwight. Sh oh, Dwight shoot. Yeah. Although, <laughs> if any porn, uh, if any porn producers out there want us to write a porn parody, oh, we're in. We're sure. We will do just about anything for money. I get a lot of debt. This was like that really wild period in time when new metal and porn crossed over. All the time. Like porn stars were in new metal videos. They were all marrying porn stars. You can go to the mall and buy t-shirts that just say porn star on them. And like the Playboy logo was like available on like young adults clothing at Gadzooks. <laughs> <laughs> fucking 12 year olds wearing a shirt that says porn star on it. It's a different fucking time, the, the late 90s. Uh, real, real quick. <laughs> Universal Soldier 2 Brothers in Arms. <laughs> Kevin's still on the It's called what? Uh, uh, Universal Soldier 2 Brothers in Arms and Universal Soldier 3 Unfinished Business were both released in 1998 and both featured Burt Reynolds. Oh, fantastic. Uh, sorry. Anyway. That's great. In 2009, Static X released the album Cult of Static, and this album had two songs about Tara Ray on it. The first one was called terrified oh. and the second one was called stingray oh god 
Uh, they also had a song on that awful Punisher Warzone movie. Do not call Punisher Warzone awful. <laughs> this is not hyperbole. That is the best Punisher film. I mean, maybe film, but there was a whole ass show that ruled. That's fine. Go back and watch Punisher Warzone. The, the, is that the one with John Travolta? No, no, that's the original Punisher. <laughs> the, the, this one, uh, oh God, it, uh, the lead villain is jigsaw he says he's gonna like punch out god after he kills the punisher like you can see daylight <laughs> shining through bullet holes it's fucking amazing it's an amazing all right, film all right. about this time the band entered another tumultuous period again driven by statics drug use mm. campos temporarily departed the band to join soulfly although he didn't say that he was officially quitting mm. Um, Wayne put out a solo album called Pig Hammer. Yeah, it's not great. No, it's not. And in 2012, Wayne toured as Static X, but instead of using the other members of Static X, he just used his Pig Hammer backing band, which couldn't have been well received mm -hmm. by the other members of Static X, especially Campos, who co-owned the name Static X and the logo. This this Wayne. It's, it's drugs and ego, man. It's like 100. Yeah. percent well, so in 2013, Wayne announced that the band was done after he fell ill on tour, but numerous statements from other people indicate that the illness was actually a cover for a, a serious drug bust. Yeah. Um, so Wayne continued to tour under his own name while playing Static X's music, including playing Wisconsin Death Trip in its entirety for his 15th anniversary. It seems like he's following the Scott Weiland trajectory to like a to Yeah, a yeah, for sure. For sure. And, and in fact, he did. Yeah. On uh, November 1st, 2014, Wayne Static died in his sleep in Landers, California, three days before his 49th birthday. Mm -hmm. uh, kind of interesting to point out that, like, it was kind of an older new metal. Yeah. Group. Yeah. Um, when 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 Static X got formed, you forget that he was already playing music all through the 80s and stuff. Yeah. So anyway, he was found by his wife, Tara. His publicist issued a statement that said the death was not drug related so and that bad. Wayne and Tara had ceased hard drug use in 2009. But that was a lie as all of his band members and tour mates could confirm. Mm. An autopsy showed that he died of multiple prescription drug toxicity with oxycodone, hydromorphone, Xanax, and alcohol in his system. Ugh. Yeah, so, not great. Nothing like mixing your opiates, anxiety medicine, and alcohol. I've never known it to really, I mean, it's Wayne Stack, one in a thousand. It's... Sorry, you know, he was fucking <laughs> yeah, yeah. bound for death. So Wayne was cremated in California. On January 13th, 2016, in their shared Joshua Tree home, Tara Ray took her own life. She was 33. Yeah, that's terrible. So yeah, shitty, shitty story. Um, no, Gets shittier. Nothing funny there. So after Wayne's death, a guy named David Floodstrand began commenting on every Static X post all around the internet. Like he went back on old Wayne Static Facebook posts and like apparently he and his brother owned Criterion Records. I think his brother did. Mm. His brother died. Um, so he chose to capitalize on Wayne's death by re-releasing the Deep Blue Dream EP Ugh. on the Criterion Records website and was just all over comment sections, all over the place. And uh, anyway, he died last year, and the Criterion website is defunct. So Good, fuck him. Whatever. Whatever. Grifters get fucked. Yep. And uh, also, he clearly didn't understand the concept that if you wanted to uh, upload the album on YouTube and then try to sell the album, <laughs> you're not going to sell it. Because uh... I need to listen to Deep Blue Dream one time. And that's it. <laughs> yep. Uh, on in uh, 2019... Static X went on a worldwide tour to celebrate the 20th anniversary of Wisconsin Death Trip. The band included original members Campos, Fukuda, and Jay, as well as a costumed singer named Zero, 
wearing a mask that looked like Wayne Static, but a zombie. Who could it be? <laughs> well, attempts were made to hide Zero's identity, but it became clear that every single Static X show also has dope on the lineup, <laughs> and Zero looks just like Edsel Dope with a mask on and gloves, so you can't see his dope tattoo. <sighs> it's Edsel Dope. It's Edsel Dope. Well, the newer tours, he's not a zombie anymore. Oh, he's not? It's a little more. No, no, I'll actually, I'll get into it. But uh, he was a zombie and a lot of people found it in poor taste. The band was like, oh, no, Wayne would love it with his sense of humor. But like considering all these dudes quit the band because Wayne was like on drugs or writing the album himself. And then they like got together with a fake Wayne after he died. Just feels like a total cash grab and a bunch of like 50 year old new metal musicians like shit. I don't know how else to make a living. Yeah. Dope isn't paying the bills. I guess let's get Static X back together. Earlier this year, they went out with Fear Factory. Mm -hmm. I forgot to go. Uh, I wanted to go. Uh, they ditched the zombie Wayne Static mask for like a futuristic robot one that actually looks pretty cool. It's got like red and blue wires for hair and stuff. It's kind of neat. In 2020, the band heralded in the global pandemic by releasing the first track from Project Regeneration Volume 1. On February 6, 2020, all songs featured demo vocals sung by Wayne Static before his death that they then took and turned into songs, which I fucking hate it when bands do that. Yeah. It's it's not it's not great. Not cool. Do you know who Anderson Pock is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a pretty notable pop mm -hmm. singer. He he uh he has a tattoo on his body that literally says like don't ever use my music after I die to make new music. <laughs> That's the new version <laughs> of a DNR. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's true though. Like I mean they they did it to Kurt, even the Beatles did it. I I don't like it. Tupac, all of them. In early February 2023, the band announced the latest project, Regeneration Volume 2, would be released on November 3rd, and they released the album's lead single with a video, a cover of Nine Inch Nails' Terrible Lie. Kevin, are you familiar with The Uncanny Valley? Uh, not really, no. The Uncanny Valley it is a phrase reserved for when you see something that looks human but is a little bit off and it gives you that like chill like eerie feeling mm. in your body like when you see a weird doll or like a robot that almost looks human well this music video sure does that and First off, that's a that, that's a god awful cover. I've never <laughs> I've never heard a good cover of that song. Why would anybody cover? Yeah, Eighteen it? Visions did a shit job. Uh, Wayne Static from Beyond the Grave did a shit job. Like let let the man rest. Yeah, no, it's just Edsel Dope that they fucking transposed Wayne Static's face on to make this music video. You're right, Uncanny Valley. That just felt off. Yeah, because this is off of Regeneration Volume 2. Volume 1 had Wayne's demo tracks. Volume 2, they just made new music under the Static X name, and Wayne Static's fucking dead. So, God. Not not my favorite thing. Nope, nope. Uh, the, uh, get used um, to it, though. Like, when Bruce Willis sold his likeness. Did you read about this? Oh, uh, no. Yeah, no. I Bruce Willis not. sold off his likeness. So, in the future, 
since Bruce Willis can't quite Bruce Willis anymore, directors and people making movies can just basically AI him and use his likeness and his voice and everything to make movies starring Bruce Willis as long as the Willis family gets paid. Like, this is the future of entertainment. I mean, there's going to be a lot of pornos. <laughs> Bruce Willis in this, I'm saying. The return of Bruno. <laughs> Zed's dead, baby. <laughs> All right, anyway, uh, that just about wraps up Static X. They're going to hit the road this year on a co-headliner with Seven Dust. So yeah. if you want to see Robot, Rob Zombie, and the fellas, you know, knock yourself out. Yeah, or, you know, you can save yourself some money, go to Chuck E. Cheese, and just watch the literally animated robot band. <laughs> At least they write their own shit. Kevin, this is the part of the show where we talk about what we've been listening to. Yeah, yeah. So as of recent, I have been listening to the new Killer Mike album. So Killer Mike of Run the Jewels has not released a solo album since Run the Jewels has been doing their thing. So uh, to really see him kind of stand back on his own, of course, it's got features. It's got Andre 3000, 2 Chains, Young Thug, all those, you know, even um, LP makes an appearance. So there's kind of like an unofficial Run the Jewels song. But one of my favorites, it's just Killer Mike, and it's called Talking That Shit. Niggas talk to me about that woke ass shit. Same niggas walking on some broke ass shit. You see your words ain't worth no money. I ain't spoke back, bitch. All of you niggas hang together on some broke back shit. Really, y'all niggas some hoes on some hoe ass shit. Look at me and take a picture on some Kodak shit. What you see is a cheat and you envy that shit. I can see it in your eyes like an envious bitch. I'm in rooms with politicians talking business and shit. Here you come with your opinion, ain't solicit that shit. Lola hit up DJ Paul, went to Memphis and shit. Pause. Rest in peace, the Lord infamous bitch. I'm, I'm, I'm so underground, I move like Pimp C in this bitch. I bob and weave and bust on peace like Bun B in this bitch. I'm feeling like I'm Tony Draper, ballin' G in this bitch. On fire like. You know how I feel like when I listen to this in my car is what <laughs> Michael Bolton from Office Space. <laughs> but no, great, great album. All right, that's awesome. Yeah, great album, start to finish. Check that out on our last full length. On my What Are You Listening To, I played a cover of Nerdy by Poison the Well mm -hmm. with vocals by Maddie Watkins from Year of the Knife. Yep. Sadly, last week, Year of the Knife was in a terrible van accident. Maddie remains in a medically induced coma with terrible trauma to like the head and neck. Um, is going to require multiple surgeries. Um, it's bad, y'all. Yeah, it's not good. Her husband is, plays bass in the band. He suffered a concussion. And then their drummer and guitar player, twin brothers, Andrew and Aaron. Andrew broke his ankle, I think both ankles. Mm -hmm. And Aaron broke his femur and had like a ruptured, like exposed artery. Like it was like, you can find pictures of the van online. It's gross. Like, it's amazing anybody walked away from that. Yeah, and Maddie was driving. Uh, and if you look at the driver's seat of the van, they, they hit the back of a semi-truck. And it's it's rough. There is a GoFundMe out there if you're interested in heavy music and supporting the scene. Mm -hmm. Any dollars are going to go to them. Like, you, you, if you live in America, you know what medical bills are like, uh, even if you have insurance, which I can't imagine they were in the most insured situation. So I am going to play Control Plus C off of their newest uh, EP, Dust to Dust. Mm -hmm. uh, this is Year of the Knife. Wasting your brain, living myself, living the game, waiting for the thing you, never be sure, right for the wrong. 
So good. Yeah, they're super fun, cool band. Uh, hopefully, everything goes well for them, and we uh, we see them back uh, back making music again. Uh, our uh, you know good vibes to everybody in that 100%, band. Uh, yeah, fucking miserable, miserable experience. So. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you uh, you can find us on Instagram at Days of the New. You can find me on Instagram and threads yeah. at Nick underscore the underscore knife. I haven't made a thread yet. I followed everybody that I follow on Instagram already. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you want to follow me on threads, I'll follow you back. Maybe we'll start some dialogue there. I fucking hate like embracing another fucking Zuckerberg yeah, fucking it's... platform. But like... I, man, Twitter was valuable and awesome back in the day as a means of like real time spreading of information. And now my whole feed is advertisements for like right wing coffee companies and like weird QAnon adjacent child trafficking movies and shit. It's fucking ridiculous. Bitcoin um, and gold. Yeah, dude. Today, Elon challenged Zuckerberg to a literal dick measuring contest in his own words. Like, Sad. posted Zuck is a cuck. Like, that guy's fucking off his rocker. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's weird uh, uh, to cheer for one billionaire to beat another billionaire when. Yeah. I hope they do a cage match in a submarine under the sea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, yeah, you can find uh, and you can find me on Instagram at K-J-D-E-L-U-R-Y. I'm going to give threads a try as soon as I figure out how to use it. I'll get I'll give it a shot. Uh, in the meantime, if you are playing Diablo four, you can find me at shook one eight two eight. And then it's got that weird hashtag thing. Three, seven, six, nine. I am fucking grinding on that. If you want to hang out, talk some shit. Let me know. All right, cool. Uh, I think that's a wrap for us and for the season. Yep. Thanks for uh, riding with us. We'll be back. We just need a little break. We're going to write some new stuff. Feel free to um, hit us up in our mentions or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us what you want us to cover in the next season. I know that we still haven't done System of a Down. We, and, like some other notable notable major new metal bands. We've never done a Deftones episode. I know I know it's silly. We'll get there. Yeah, and everybody's been asking for that Vision of Disorder new metal album. So don't worry. We'll get <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, everybody wants oh, to hear man, about that it's one. Just, it's yeah, it's an over overwhelming, yeah. overwhelming response. So don't worry, you'll you'll um, get some heavy hitters, and then you'll also get my bullshit. <laughs> uh, all right, again, thank you all. It, it means a lot that you continue to listen to this show. We'll be back. You know, last year I don't think we came back until after the new year. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll come back sooner this year. Um, but uh, you know, thanks for listening, and we got uh, we're going to hit our hundredth episode in the next season, so that's exciting. Amazing. But. With that, there's, you know, 90-something episodes for you to go back and listen to if you miss us on the break. But uh, stay in touch and uh, stay uh, stay stay healthy or whatever. Yeah. I, don't I don't know how to fucking end a season. You can do whatever you want. I don't know how to end one episode, let alone end a season. <laughs> you can do whatever you want. Who cares? Bye! Days of the News, a production of the Palm Strings 86.